0: This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Now it's take a break time and I'm delighted because Donna Smiley joins me from the mag. Hello, Mrs.
1: Hiya, how are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. The Wanderer returns. Last time I spoke to you, you were on (laughs) your way to Lanzarote.
1: Yes, I was. I got back on Sunday. Still quite not used to being back at work, so. Oh, is it? Good? Was it good? <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. We had lots of sangria, lots of nice food. Um, it did rain a couple of days, but we didn't let that spoil things. So. Do you know what? Yeah, it's it, really nice. You don't really mind it raining so much no. when it's hot. Exactly, and it is February, isn't it? So I kind of half expected it, to be honest.
0: Well, do you know, sometimes it's just nice to get a change of scenery and, yeah, and get out it's of really, the... really
1: good for you, I think. Yes, yeah, definitely. Out of London.
0: <laughs> definitely. Oh, well, listen, it's so good to have you here today. It really, really is. And obviously, the brand new copy of Take a Break magazine is out on the shelves. It's phenomenal, as always. And uh, we'll start off with our first story, Donna, which is, have you married my twin?
1: Sure. So this is by a lady called Heather, who is 24, Heather lay back on a sun lounger, closed her eyes against a scorching Caribbean sun and listened to the sound of the waves gently lapping on the beach. Beside her, her mum said, It's a bit different from Scotland, isn't it? No kidding, Heather said, laughing. They were in the Dominican Republic, but it wasn't a holiday. They'd both moved there after her mum had taken an early retirement due to her arthritis. She found the warm weather her symptoms, so they'd swapped their scarves for sarongs and mum had sold up and brought a bungalow by the sea. Heather settled into Island Life right away and got a job at a hotel as an entertainer. By day, she organised activities by the pool, and in the evening, the staff would put on a cabaret show. She liked all of her colleagues, but one in particular caught her eye. His name was Adonis, and like the Greek god of the same name, he was gorgeous. Trouble was, he knew it. As soon as Heather started work, he made a play for her. For two weeks, she resisted. But then on Valentine's Day, Adonis said, dance with me. He held Heather close and whispered, you're so beautiful, and Heather found herself melting. They started to spend all their spare time together, and she invited him to the bungalow to meet mum. Afterward, she asked her, well, what do you think? Seems a little young, her mum said. How old is he? He's 19, Heather said. The truth was, Heather had fallen for Adonis, but there was a snag. Adonis's co- contract at the hotel had run out, and the only other work he could find was at a hotel notorious for attracting older tourists looking for relationships with the lung staff. She said to Adonis, "'If you work there, you'll be engaged within a week.' "'Don't be silly,' he replied. "'I love you.' Heather was reassured by his words and gave him, and Adonis started his new job. The hotel was in a different part of the island, and as Adonis started working long hours, Heather started seeing him less often. But they still made time for each other, and when he could, he days at hers. One evening he was over while he was in the shower. Heather spotted his mobile phone. She knew it was wrong to snoop, but she couldn't resist having a peek. So she began to scroll through the messages on Facebook, and she found something. Adonis had made friends with a woman called Julia, and they'd been messing each other. It was nothing sexual, but it made her feel uneasy. She She decided to ask Adonis about it. She's a German tourist who stays at the hotel, he said. She's nice, but if it upsets you, I'll delete her as a friend. He did, and Heather felt relieved. Six months later, however, she noticed they were friends again. She thought about saying something to Adonis, but then she made a discovery that wiped her thoughts from her mind. She was pregnant. Heather worried it was too soon, but when she told Adonis, he said, "'This has made my life.' He talked about moving in together and becoming a family, and his enthusiasm was infectious. But as Heather's pregnancy progressed, there were complications. She suffered a couple of heavy bleeds, and doctors suspected she had a low-lying placenta. She talked about it with Adonis, and they agreed it would be safer if she returned home to the UK to give birth. But there was one condition— Adonis said, I'm coming with you. They applied for a temporary visa, but the application was rejected, along with an appeal. The authorities say there's no proof you can return to the Dominican Republic, she told Adonis. They were both devastated. But they'd exhausted all their options, So now two months before their baby was due, Adonis drove her to the airport. I'll miss you with every beat of my heart, he said. Back in the UK, Heather stayed with her dad, and in time, he took her to hospital where she gave birth to a beautiful little boy. They named him Diego. Heather wished Adonis could have been in with her, so cradling Diego in one arm she called him on FaceTime and was able to see his face on the screen of her mobile phone and he was beaming from ear to ear. I'm so proud of you, he said. Diego can't wait to meet his daddy, she replied. As soon as he gets his passport we're coming home. Every day Adonis called up asking for updates. I'm so loathsome without you, he'd say. Heather missed him too, but then one day she received a phone call that changed everything. It was from one of her friends at the hotel and she said... I've heard a rumour. and I think you should know. She continued, I've heard Adonis is getting married. Heather almost laughed. Getting married, she said when? Apparently it's booked for the 6th of January, her friend said. But that's only a week away, Heather said. It didn't make sense and the more she thought about it, the more absurd it sounded. They'd only been apart for a few weeks and there was no way Adonis could have met another woman and arranged a wedding in less than a month. Besides, they spoke every day on the phone and she knew how excited he was to see Diego and her... When Adonis called, she told him about the rumour, and he said, "'That's rubbish.'" In time, the 6th of January came and went, and Heather realised her friend must have got the wrong end of the stick. But two days later, she received a Facebook message. When she opened it, she felt like she'd been hit by a double-decker bus. It was a photo of Adonis, and he had his arms around a woman, and she was wearing a wedding dress. For a second, she didn't twig who it was. Then she realised to a horror it was Julia, but she was unrecognisable from the slightly plump-mousy woman she'd seen all those months ago. Julia had undergone a complete makeover. She'd lost weight, dyed her hair black and looked just like Heather, but with added wrinkles. She couldn't believe it, Adonis had married her lookalike. Heather picked up the phone, punched in the number and said, Why is Julia in a wedding dress? There was a moment's pause. Then Adonis said, Heather, I'm so sorry. She hung up and burst into tears. She couldn't believe what had happened. Adonis had given her the impression that he wanted to be with her forever. While she'd been giving birth to his baby, he'd been marrying another woman. That evening she received a message it read, I only married her for a visa. But Heather was so angry she couldn't respond. In the days that followed she found out more about Julia and Adonis' relationship. They'd met at the hotel where he'd worked. She'd live in Germany but would fly out every six months. If Adonis wasn't a visa she could only imagine what she was getting out of the relationship. A few days later Adonis called, Don't hang up he said, I just want to see Diego. Heather was hurt but she knew she had to put a baby first. So she picked Diego up and held him in front of the camera. Hello, little man, Adonis said, as he cooed to their baby. Heather felt herself softening, but then the camera panned round and she caught a glimpse of someone else in the room, Julia. She threw down the phone to the ground. Now Diego is two months old and they're planning to return to the Dominican Republic. Despite everything, Heather still wants Diego to have her father, so she plans to let Adonis in, but it's going to be very hard and she knows that she'll end up meeting Julia at some point. Heather feels so foolish for trusting Adonis and she keeps telling herself that there were no warning signs. He treated her like royalty, and she fell for his charms. But now she knows that there's something behind that beautiful exterior, a really ugly, cheating heart.
0: Oh, do you know something? Why is it that people can do things like that that are know. just so incredibly hurtful exactly. and, and and seem
1: to have absolutely no conscience about her? No. and just to lie completely. And he must have been lying to the other woman as well. It was awful. I mean, you know, she was having her baby. Well,
0: the thing is, I, I mean, surely that. if... There was, you know, any ounce of, of, mm. you know, self-respect in the guy. You know, he would have turned around to the other woman and said, "Look, exactly. I, I, I'm sorry, but,
1: you know, my partner's having a baby." I know, <laughs> and they'd only been apart a few weeks, and it's weird how he wanted to come to England, isn't it? And then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But you know, don't you think that um, she pro- he he probably would have married her anyway.
1: Yeah, what it sounds like it, doesn't it? It's got to be a reason, hasn't there, behind it. So. Oh, it's just really, really strange. Oh, yeah, really do,
0: odd. Do you know something? It drives me mental. Listen, give, them, give me five minutes in a room with them. I'll sort them out, <laughs> definitely. There's plenty of people you can sort out <laughs> <on> here. <laughs> definitely. Okay, listen, we'll move on to our next story, Donna, and it's uh, how the heck will we cope?
1: Yep, so this is by a lady called Anita, who's 31. Anita hopped up onto the bed and the snooker forgot to work, moving her scanner across her tummy... as she did so her eyes widened is everything okay Anita asked is the baby okay she turned around to see the screen and replied have a look for yourself Anita was pregnant and having a 10 week scan in the hospital her husband David and her already had a little boy Matthew but they didn't want him to be an only child so they just started trying for another baby when he was a few months old when Matthew was eight months old Anita had fallen pregnant with what she thought her second child But now she stared at the image on the monitor in front of her. She realised she'd have to revise that figure. Is that? She began. Four sacks, the sonographer said. Yes, it is. She took a few moments for the news to sink in. Four babies, Anita said. I think so, the sonographer said, but I'll get a doctor to confirm it. Four tiny dots were blinking on and off. Four little heartbeats were beating inside four little babies. Anita looked at David and his expression registered the same emotion that was coursing through her. Shock how the heck we we'll going to cope with a baby plus quads. They hadn't even been having fertility treatment, and although both their mums were twins, they hadn't expected to have four babies at the same time. They left the hospital in a daze, but after they'd got over the surprise, they both started to feel excited. The following week, Anita went for another scan, and this time she saw a consultant. After the scan, he sat them both down and said, having quads will put a huge strain on your body, Anita and there's a chance that not all of them will make it. He paused for a moment, then he said, you might want to reconsider your options. Anita was stunned. They'd only just got used to the idea of having four babies, and now they're being asked to consider terminating some of them. Anita shook her head. No, she said, we're going to give them all a chance. Her husband agreed, but they were still worried how they'd manage. That night as Anita put her son Matthew to bed, she said to David, it's going to be tough doing this with four little ones. We're going to have our hands full, he said. Weeks passed, and as her pregnancy progressed, her bump grew and grew. Every two weeks Anita went for a scan, and one day the sonographer said, Would you like to know the sexes? I'd love to, she said. She peered at the screen and said, It looks like three boys and a girl. She grinned as she imagined, three little brothers and a baby sister for Matthew. She's going to be well and truly outnumbered, she said. Weeks passed, and by the time she got to 20 weeks, she was so big she struggled to look after Matthew. She could barely pick him up and got out of breath when she carried him around. And that wasn't Anita's only worry. Despite the fact that all her scans looked normal, the consultant was still concerned. I must warn you, he told her at one appointment, there's a chance that things could go wrong. You have to be prepared for the worst. It really upset Anita and she started to cry outside the hospital. David put an arm around her and said, come on, these babies need us to be strong. Anita knew he was right, but whenever she felt a little twinge inside, she couldn't help but feel nervous. She already loved all four dearly and she couldn't bear the thought of losing one or more. She knew them so well she could even tell where they were in her womb and identify which one was moving. At 25 weeks, she developed backache and eventually she was diagnosed with an infection called maternal sepsis. It was serious and Nita had to stay in hospital. One morning, the consultant came early to see her and said, "We're going to have to deliver these babies today." A protective hand shot to her belly. "But I'm only 29 weeks gone," she said. And "It's too soon." "I'm afraid we can't leave it any longer," the consultant said. "It's too risky for you all." She called David and he arranged for both of their mums to come and look after Matthew. Then he arrived at hospital. Anita was taken to the operating surgery when given a general anaesthetic. When she woke up, a nurse was standing over her. She said, babies, you have four little boys, Anita, the nurse said. Four boys, Anita said. No, I have one girl. The nurse shook her head and said, it's definitely four boys. She explained that the babies had been taken straight to the special care baby unit because they needed help to breathe. She wasn't allowed to see them, but David knit down straight away and returned with photographs to show her. As she scrolled through the phone, she said, They're too small. Perfect, but so small. They named them Tom, James, Charlie, and Luke. Luke was the biggest at two pound eight ounces, and James was the smallest at one pound nine ounces. Next day, she was well enough to make a very important journey, and as she entered the special care unit, her heart was going like the clappers. Then her gaze rested on four tiny figures in incubators swapped by tubes and wires. The boys had felt huge when they were in her tummy, but now she got a shock. Gosh, she said, they are tiny. The quads were too fragile to be held, so they made do with stroking their hands. After two months, Luke was strong enough to come home. Matthew was bemused by the new arrival, and his confusion grew as they came home with Charlie and then Tom. With Matthew and three of the quads at home, they started to realise how much hard work it was looking after everyone. David and Anita worked like a production line. dealing was a conveyor belt of dirty nappies and hungry babies. Finally, Jane's came home and it was even tougher. They devised a system. Anita fed two babies at once. She didn't have enough milk for breastfeed, so she used formula. As soon as the first two had had their fill, she swapped them for the other two. And, of course, Matthew needed to be fed and changed as well. Every day, Anita got through 30 nappies and 27 bottles of milk. It was hard work, but she relished it, and by the time the quads reached six months, things started to get a little easier. Now she loves it when she goes out and about. People always talk to to her and they can't believe it when I tell them she'd had five babies in 14 months. Matthew and the quads are our little five blessings, she says. I feel fortunate to have them all. Oh, do you know something? Thank goodness that story
0: ended. I know so well because you know you're always kind of worried when you hear these yeah. stories about women having more than, mm-hmm. particularly more than three babies. It becomes yeah. a, a real kind of danger, doesn't yeah.
1: it? it? Does. They're so cute as well. They're all like bundled up together. Oh, I bet
0: <laughs> they look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, they do. Oh, listen, Donna. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such, uh, uh, uh well, it's been lovely having you on the program. Yeah, it always really nice, is. Always. It really <laughs> always is. And uh, obviously, if anybody wants wants to get the current issue of take a break magazine then they can it's out on the shelves now you can also take a look online it's a fully accessible website have you got the web address i have
1: it's www.takeabreak.co.uk
0: donna smiley feature writer for take a break magazine thanks so much for joining us here on rnib's insight radio thanks for listening to this podcast from rnib's insight radio for more podcasts check out insightradio.co.uk